The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Alrighty, you hear that song, you know that means it must be time for Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I actually thought I was going to be bringing a little bit of some new heat that I got coming. If I, if I didn't get it that time around, just uh, hang in here with me and... Uh, I got some new heat coming in. I got some heat coming out of the Midwest, the Hall of Fame city, Canton, Ohio. Got some of my homeboys back there, Mega Beats International, 314, hooked me up with some stuff. And uh, Chester Williams going to make sure that I get it. So I'm going to bring you some different heat next time I go to a break or come back. But, uh, again, you're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. Been waiting that whole week to get a chance to come in and talk to everybody and uh there's a couple of things that have been on my mind that I've been waiting to talk to you about. Uh, I know there's a draft coming up. It's an NBA draft is coming up. But uh, there's also, you know, some football that's about to start. And in particular, there's uh, one young man that I found out about uh, just through, you know, some of my connections, talking to some people and, and talking about, uh, you know, people that perhaps maybe find themselves in a position where, they anticipated that things would work in such a way where they would be and find themselves in one position as it pertains to where they thought they may end up going in terms of the draft, if they would be drafted indeed. And, and sometimes that it happens and you feel like you're going to get that chance and then something just happens in life and injuries or circumstances come into play and it just it just doesn't work out the way you thought it would. And so you find yourself, you know, wishing, hoping, praying that you get that opportunity. So there's a young man out there that uh, hopefully he'll be calling in. And we're going to talk to him about his, his chances of making it in the NFL against all odds. And then also uh, I also want to talk a little bit about for those who don't make it in the NFL or those who don't get drafted or don't get a chance to uh, even go and have the opportunity to try out. Um, but they want to do something to, to extend their career, and perhaps maybe maybe next year they'll get that chance. Uh, my good friend Ben Eisen, who I hope to uh, also get a chance to uh, speak with him, and, and I believe uh, Ben is uh, going to be on the line shortly from UNGL, and that's the United Gridiron League, uh, to kind of give us an update on what was going on. I'm sure many of you out there who listen to me on a regular basis here at uh, Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network know that we have been very supportive of Ben and, and his efforts to uh, start this new league, which is so desperately needed. 
and uh, perhaps maybe Ben. As a matter of fact, I think Ben's on the line. Ben, are you there? Uh, perhaps maybe not. Yeah, Ray, you there? Hey, yeah, I'm here, Ben. Yeah, buddy, I'm here. What's happening? <laughs> hey, man, it's, it's a pleasure. How's the weather out there? Well, you know, in the valley, man, it's paradise, man. It's always, and sometimes that paradise could be a little hot. But there you <laughs> go, but it's, all, it's still paradise. It's still paradise, man. So it's about, uh, it's probably about 100. I'm, I'm looking outside, looking at the mountains, the palm trees. Okay, okay. But, but okay. I'm in the air condition. <laughs> so, but I'm, I'm enjoying it here in the studios, man, and uh, appreciating the fact that you took the time out of your busy schedule. And I know it's busy. Uh, because there was uh, some circumstances of which you were faced with some adversity, and, and I and I started to show up by saying, "There's a young man who is going to join us." Uh, Brennan Marion is a wide receiver out of Tulsa who has been signed by the Miami Dolphins, and, and we're going to talk a little bit about him and with him when he uh, gets the opportunity to call in. But against all odds, man, you're up against a lot of odds. Uh, but you guys are, are making some strides, am I right, Ben? We we are, Ray. We we know. I mean, we had this dream two and a half years ago of having a uh, developmental uh, league for professional football. As you know, Ray, as an NFL veteran, uh, the NFL is the number one spectator sport in the United States. Yet, it's the only one that doesn't have a formal. A minor league system, and we we just thought it was a gap in the industry, and we felt that uh, you know with the right people and the right business plan, uh, we could actually put together a league that would give young men a chance to uh, go after their dreams. Maybe that got overlooked because they weren't at the marquee schools; they didn't get the uh, notoriety or visibility that a lot of big name athletes get. Well, you know, I I, I agree with you, Ben. I, I believe that there needs to be a uh, a developmental league. Uh, for the purpose of preparing guys for the National Football League. I feel different about some other sports where, where I really feel, uh, and I've always advocated for for young athletes that are prepared both mentally and physically, and there's more of a mental adjustment uh, and maturity that needs to uh, be scrutinized than the physical adjustment when it comes to professional sports, uh, particularly we look at, uh, let's say, some non uh, collision sports like like basketball, you know, uh, right. there's more of a maturity thing that you would be concerned about, and how mature the kid is, not necessarily their playing ability because they they would have that. So when you talk about your league, uh, you know, and being a supplemental league, what aspects of the game do you think that kids need further development in, and that you would be prepared to help them in that transition from from college to pros? And you're right, Ray. I think the, the big piece, I think, is mental. I think a lot of the young men understand the physical aspects and the demand of uh, playing uh, uh, professional football. But I think a lot of times what's lost is the, the mental preparation. I mean, it's a, it's a business. Um, it's a profession. Uh, we view it as a profession like any other profession, doctor, lawyer, accountant, where you've got to understand the, uh, the technical side of, of your of your craft, uh, you need to understand the work that's involved uh, off the field uh, versus on the field, and uh, a lot. And depending on the position, uh, that preparation period, uh, particularly mentally, can be a lot longer. I mean, I, you know, obviously the, the first position that comes to mind is quarterback. Uh, you know, there are some guys that are ready to go right out of college, but most of them need an additional year or two. 
to be prepared to play at the NFL level. So we feel that we can give them that seasoning period. I almost look at it like an apprenticeship. I mean, you know, well, you know, you're an electrician. Uh, they don't get to work on your house right out of school. You know, they come out, but man, before they get their uh, certificate or their license, they gotta they gotta be an apprentice with a, with with an old hand. Uh, and then maybe six months later, uh, they're ready to do something on their own. And so we see this as as an apprenticeship league for professional football, for for lack of a better term. Well, you know, uh, I was on uh, Kwame Lasseter's show earlier today, Kwame Lasseter Sports on the Voice America Network. And, of course, uh, we also had uh, Damon Anderson on that show with us, DA. Shout out Big Ten fellow there. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I was we were discussing about some adversity uh, that one particular player had run into. Uh, I think the NFL, in particular, uh, Roger Goodell, is very much interested in protecting uh, the integrity and the shield of the league and its reputation. Are you going to be doing anything with these young men as they come into your league and, and trying to uh, get them to understand how delicate of an issue it is in terms of what their conduct is off of the football field? Absolutely. And, Ray, that comes up a lot from people like yourself that are in the know that understand the demands of the profession. Uh, one of the things that, that we are, uh, that we've already put in place that we're going to be implementing, you know, for our 2010 season, uh, we've developed a whole player development, uh, uh, policy and department to deal with a lot of the issues that Lead to a professional, due to a um, you know, to a successful professional career. Uh, we're going to talk about you know the importance of your contribution to the brand, um, your your image in the community. Um, we're going to be talking about the dealing with the media and the proper way to, to handle that. Uh, a lot of guys, as you know, Ray, get into trouble with personal finance. Many of these guys have, you know, when they do sign and get that 53-man roster slot, uh, a lot of money comes at these guys, often more than they've ever seen in their life, and they don't always have the right people around them to guide them through that. Uh, so we want them to, to, to be prepared, uh, not only during their football career, but we want them to be able to walk away and have a career or life after football successfully. Um, so we're going to have that whole player development program to address uh, some of those key issues that guys seem to get tripped up on when they're stepping into a new uh, career like professional football. Yeah, and I, and I think, uh, you know, when you look at young men, and, I, and I've been there before, and, and, and you've, that of, those of you who have listened to me on this show, you know, I speak to my son many times through my show and, and other young men out there too. And and certainly, I think it's the early intervention that must happen way before they get to college. I mean, it, these young men have to understand the fact that uh, they are being looked at by many people that hold them to a higher standard even than they hold themselves and their children. But once you become, quote-unquote, a celebrity or particularly a celebrity athlete or entertainer, uh, an entertainer, it's almost like, I don't, I don't think that the entertainers are held to a different standard because it's almost like that they consider that entertainment. It, it, you right. continue to, to, to somehow or another amuse them through your actions, uh, whether respectful or disrespectful uh, in the community. That, that feeds their uh, you know, need to know. Right. 
right. but for an athlete, you know, I remember a movie uh, that came out. I don't even remember the name of it, but I do remember that he was an officer and a gentleman. And and I say that because, uh, you know, that's what Woody always talks to us. He wanted us to be gentlemen off the field. Many times you're challenged to do that. There are, there are people that come from, I don't care if it's two parents in a home or one parent in that home. Sometimes it's a very difficult job for those of us who have children just in raising your children so that you, you, you want to do it for yourself, not necessarily because the person down the street wants your son to be a role model to their child, but you just hope that your kids are respectful in the presence of you when they're outside of your sight right. and when they're just in, in public in general. So I, I think the society as a whole needs to focus more on how we treat each other and how we respect each other. And, you know, Ray, you make a great point. Um, and I hadn't thought of it until, you know, I, I heard your comments about in Hollywood, uh, dysfunctional behavior almost, you know, sells movie tickets or, you know, people, there's whole magazines around dysfunctional behavior. And so there's almost a, I don't want to say a business incentive, but there's certainly a, a business benefit depending on you know, the publication to the more dysfunctional behavior, the better. doesn't work that way in professional sports, uh, particularly Hey, uh, and you're right, Ben. League. Ben, you're, you're right about that. And I'm going to ask you to hold on because we oh, got sure. some music. So that means we got to take a break. We bringing that heat from Canton, Ohio, Mega Beats International. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network, and we'll be right back after this break. to the pros we, we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports so andy serling packed his bags left the city and is enjoying his temporary digs in saratoga but that won't stop us from bringing you playing to win the best online handicapping show for serious horse players catch andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of august on location from the beautiful saratoga race course he and his guests are some of the best in the biz they bring you new insights to making money and they tell it like it is i'm three five one in this race but the three is very much the one to be we're going to completely disagree on this race i absolutely despise her especially at one to two and it's anything but the same old horse racing show this is a nine horse field but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras playing to win with andy serling a show seriously committed to making more money at the game but with a personality this is a dunce cap horse for me if this horse wins next week i got the dunce cap on you bet.com's playing to win presented by the daily racing form look for it the day before big race days mostly fridays find a complete schedule in the daily racing form or click on playing to win at you bet.com tune in to the voice america variety channel on the voice america talk radio network Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. 
Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter, formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams. Kwame's got the experience, so he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time. Get ready for unpredictable fun and sometimes a sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Okay, we're back. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. Next time we go out of break and come back in, we're going to give you some more of that heat. That heat is coming from Mega Beats International in Canton, Ohio, the Hall of Fame city. 314 sending that heat to me. Appreciate it. And also a uh, good brother there, Chester Wilson. But before we went to break, of course, I was talking to Ben Eisen, who is the uh, founder and president of I believe, uh, is president the right title there, uh, Ben? That's correct. President of the United Gridiron League, a developmental league for uh, professional athletes trying to make it uh, hopefully one day to the National Football League. And and we were talking about, of course, the the way of which uh, a young person conducts themselves uh, on the field and off the field and, and regardless of who they are. Uh, we think that they all should to, should contribute to society in such a way that uh, anybody can look at them and respect and try to model the way in which they handle themselves. But but as athletes, many times uh, we are looked up to to individuals, and 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 what happens is a lot of times I think that happens been just because of the fact that it's like someone strikes it rich and they hit the lottery. The only thing changes about these young men is the size of their paycheck, of which supposedly they're not getting one uh, prior to them becoming a professional athlete. I, I want to ask you some questions as it pertains to just that, that, that subject there of a paycheck and an athlete and the fact that these young men are in college and they're looked at as a student athletes and it's not supposed to be a business, uh, you obviously are in the business uh, of football, uh, right. sports. Uh, what is your, that's a, your opinion in terms of sports as a profession as opposed to sports in the intercollegiate world? Is there a difference or is sports at the college level a business? You know, Ray, if we're honest, College is a business itself, uh, on and off the field. Uh, you know, I've got two sons that are in college right now, and when I see my tuition fees for them, looks like a business to me, my friend. Mm. Uh, so uh, college is a business, and it's a business of higher education. But also, a very large component of their revenue stream is athletics. We all know this. Uh, that's why, you know, there's, you've got all the rules and restrictions uh, in collegiate sports uh, to make sure that they keep it, you know, pure. Um, they, they treat the athletes as, uh, as uh, amateurs, 
which I guess they are, given the fact that they don't get a paycheck other than, you know, you know, if they're fortunate enough to have a college scholarship, but a lot of these kids are walk-ons, and a lot of these kids might have partial uh, financial aid packages, not even funded by the athletic department. So, so I think if we're honest, it's a business, and that's okay, but we need to call it what it is. Uh, it's just that once you leave college, many of these athletes that are fortunate enough to play professionally, whether it's at the minor league or the professional levels, they can now begin to earn on the skills they've developed you know, um, uh, while they were in uh, high school and college. Well, what's interesting to me is the fact that you, you mentioned uh, an amateur status. And I, I think that's a word of which it's been a long time since I've heard that word being used. <laughs> because if I were to look at the definition of probably what a business is, there has to be some goods and some services that are either rendered for your service. So in other words, I'm going to render my service to receive these goods or I'm going to pay for these goods. And that would just make it, that just makes it so interesting to me because I believe what the athletes are doing is they are rendering their services to receive their athletic scholarship, which pays for their education. But it seems to me that's just a play on words because they're not getting their academic education if they don't indeed perform that service. So exactly, it, it, and but I think we're you know, and, and you know, Ray, where it, it it can be you know, it can sound like semantics, um, but when you look at the definition of a professional, it's someone that is is engaging in an activity that's a paid occupation. Okay, now you you had, you, you you said something there. Now, but let's go back to this. Suppose there's revenue that's generated. If there's revenue is generated from the service or the action that's performed, is that a profession? Because, see, what happens is I, I'm trying to find out where this thin line starts and stops. Because I think when you're in, and I'm going to call it Pop Warner, there is, there's, you, you get into those games for free. When you're in uh, junior high, you get in those games for free. I think once you go to high school, now all of a sudden there is capital that is being exchanged and generated Mm, really be, because check this out now follow me on this Ben remember a few years ago when King James was a high school basketball player all of a sudden the interest level was so high across the country that ESPN picked up a lot of his high school games and I think that was a start right. of something changing as it became to you know this definition of business and sports and amateur athletes because why, you can look at a, and I'm on this thing, and I'm going to stay. There's some things I just don't, you know, I was told now there's a systematic way to go about change. So systematically, I may be asking you to participate in this change. <laughs> but I, I'm just wondering, because I could be, you could be a, you could be a baby. Uh, those, two, those, uh, those two girls, I don't even know what their last names are, but they were on some TV show. They were twins, and both of them played in the same. They became millionaires when they were children. Right. They were actors, actresses. They, they, got, they became millionaires. You know, you can become a singer. You can become a millionaire at any age. Why is it we put this age limit on athletics? That's, that's the business because you're making money. And you who have gotten into the business, you have a passion, you're going to get an opportunity to do something that you love. You're going to be in the business of football and of sports. 
I'm just trying to see if we can go about a change that of the young men who are physically able and capable and mentally able and capable of participating, that you would be able to hire those people to be a part of your league or your team. That, that's, that's where I, I just, if it's a definition, we got to change the definition. This is, after all, this is a time for change. So yeah, and it is, Ray, and I think that, you know, and it, it's a, it's a, it is a nuanced position. That's just how I feel about it as well. It is a nuance. Uh, you know, hey, I, I've got a son playing football in college now. And so I know, and I, I, was a, I, I, played, uh, I played basketball uh, in college. I was on a full scholarship. Uh, I know the revenue we generated when we went on road trips. Okay, um, actually, we made more money when we hit the road in some of these big schools than 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 when we played our home games. Well, Ben, who is it? Do you think objects to college athletes being paid? Who who do you think? I mean, do you think it's going to dis? I mean, corrupt the sport? Who thinks that it is such a problem with people being paid? Where does that come in at? I think that the the uh, I mean, in my opinion, obviously, but I think some of the pushback probably comes from some of the college presidents and administrators. Because I think what may occur is when they openly admit that these these uh, you know men and women deserve you know to be some, some better compensated. I guess I'll put it that way: better compensated for their efforts. Instead of offering them work study jobs or getting all these, uh, you know, we get tied up in our underwear on you know who took you know who took fifty dollars from an agent. It, I just think if they would if if they would just admit that they're providing a real value and a real revenue stream to the, to, the, to the university and establish guidelines around that, okay, it gives them something else to manage, something else to have. You know, nothing's perfect. There'll probably be some problems with that. But that's the way it is in business. You have to put down guidelines. I just don't think they want to take that on right now, and I think they're, they're concerned about the disparity between the haves and the have-nots. Certainly Ohio, you know, Ohio State where you play, uh, you know, if they were left to their own devices, they might be paying guys like the, you know, the equivalent of the Yankees in terms of the disparity between Ohio State and maybe, you know, Moorhead State or well, something. I, well, so. I, here's what I believe, Ben. I believe that they can, they, they can control that. You know, I certainly think I that agree. there is the, the, a structure that could be put in place of yep. which all teams would adhere to. But I think part of the problem is, in particular in, in basketball, is that there are too many other people that are now getting involved in these young men's lives very early and 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 creating uh subcultures of which you know now some of the people who used to have the credibility with the athletes they don't have it some athletes aren't even interested in playing on their high school teams and to me that's a problem because at least at your high school you there's an eligibility accomplishment that has to take place if you don't accomplish the fact that your grades are at a certain level you can't participate we've got these kids that are playing these aau teams and now all of a sudden you know they're not even interested in playing on our high school teams there's some people i don't even think they go to high school games to do, do any scouting anymore they're 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 on the travel squads now right and and i just think that you know when the schools lost control of it then I think that that had a lot to do with what's happening on the darker side of sports and people being paid, some of the things that are happening at USC and, and maybe some other schools too. I don't, I don't mean just to call out USC because I'm sure it's going on at other schools. They just haven't been caught yet. But certainly I think that's part of the issue. You've taken 
and out of a sudden the high school coach in basketball has no power anymore. He probably can't even get his best players to play on his team, and and I think that's uh, somewhat of a crime. But listen, we've got that music. That means that I've got to take a break. Stay okay, with me, Ben. We're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. Again, I'm bringing some heat out of Canton, Ohio, from Mega Beats International and 314. Appreciate it. Take this break. We'll be back. to the pros we we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports so andy serling packed his bags left the city and is enjoying his temporary digs in saratoga but that won't stop us from bringing you playing to win the best online handicapping show for serious horse players catch andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of august on location from the beautiful saratoga race course he and his guests are some of the best in the biz they bring you new insights to making money and they tell it like it is i'm three five one in this race but the three is very much the one to be we're going to completely disagree on this race i absolutely disagree her, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. I can take care of myself. I can make a peanut butter sandwich. I can brush my teeth and I can give myself a bath. I can walk home alone from school. I can pick dinner from the trash behind the deli. I can watch the baby for the whole weekend. I can keep a baseball bat by my bed just in case there's trouble. Don't worry about me. I can take care of myself. If you're in jail, who'll be there to take care of your family? Something to think about before committing a gun crime. Gun crimes hit home. This message brought to you by Project Safe Neighborhoods and the Ad Council. Joe Cribbs, No Average Joe, is here for you, the fan, to hear about and discuss the week's top stories in the world of sports. We'll discuss not only the headliners, but you'll hear some of the smaller stories that don't usually make it on the sports wires today. It's a forum for the sports fan, hosted by Joe Cribbs, a three-time pro bowler with the Buffalo Bills. Joe is a 10-year pro football veteran, a former Southeastern Conference Most Valuable Player, and a member of the Alabama Sports Hall of Fame. Discuss the topics with Joe Cribbs, No Average Joe, Mondays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Network. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. listen to rail of sports on the voice america network and i'm having a good time here with my good friend ben eisen is on the line with me from united gridiron league and of course we were talking about uh not only ben's league but just talking about professional sports and and the right uh 
of a person to uh, have the opportunity to earn a living, uh, particularly in in a sport of which uh, people uh, don't have very long uh, to earn uh, their income. Hey, Ben, uh, and speaking of that, I want to kind of change up a little bit and ask you a question about your coaches. because I want to ask you that because it seems like coaches are getting younger in all sports. Um, is is there for any reason or another that you could think about why are the coaches getting younger in professional sports? You know, Ray, I, I tell you, I hadn't I hadn't thought of it that way. But when you when you ask the question, and you're right, I hadn't noticed that. But I can understand the, the nature of your question. One of the things I'm thinking about is at least in traditional spe- uh, professional sports, I think the the the, uh, the daily grind is probably uh, as much of a contributor to that as anything else. I mean, when you think about a guy that's married, he's got a family, and when the kids are little. You know, yeah, you can, you know, I'm a dad. I know that, you know, I was around when my kids were little, but it seemed to me, Ray, that the older they got, the more they needed me. Uh, and I just think that for a lot of guys, the, the 12, the 13, the, the, you know, 17-hour days, at least some of the coaches that I've spoken to that uh, have considered our league versus maybe some of the other professional leagues, it's, it's, it's the, I guess they just don't want that 13-month-a-year work schedule that really, at the, at the end of the day, just becomes so overwhelming that they just can't keep up with the pace of it. And I probably hear that as, a, as the biggest uh, reason more than anything else that maybe some of the older coaches are exiting the profession earlier than maybe they would under other circumstances. Yeah, I think uh, when, when I look at that, I, I think some of the uh, older coaches, and I'm going to be careful how I use that word, <laughs> some of the more mature coaches perhaps, perhaps maybe have uh, started to take a look at their bucket list and, and, and looked at a couple things and realized that, you know what, uh, some of these things require uh, some agility and mobility, and I, I need to, to probably step out of the game while I still can can, can move around Uh without my uh, knees giving out on me and my shoulders giving out on me and things of that nature. But I think they, you're right. It does take up a lot of time. And, and, and I say that because there's a great coach out there. And I said I was going to watch the way I use that word, great, but this man is a great coach, Tony Dungy, whose Tony's perspective is football wasn't his life. It was his life's work. And that's all it was. And he And he was able to put things in perspective and he kind of stepped out of the game when he was probably, you know, at his peak in terms of, of coaching. He'd accomplished just about everything you could yeah. uh, in the game. Uh, and I think some people don't even realize, I mean, football was a challenge for Tony even to get into the league because Tony was a quarterback at University of Minnesota. And then they brought him in at Pittsburgh as a wide receiver. And then he ended up playing on the defensive side of the ball. So I think all of his football was perhaps maybe out of him. He had lived it. But I think he's staying he's staying close to the game. But, again, I mean, I ask that because you're right. There was some madness to that question, and that is, you know, the coaches are getting younger, but they're not letting the players. Um, and it's a youthful game. So I would think that you would let the players come into the league when they're younger, uh, have a younger coach who perhaps maybe could uh, – connect to uh, a younger player so do you think age in terms of a younger coach 
dealing with younger kids, does that factor in at all when you think about what type of league you put together? Absolutely, it does. I, I hate to say that, though, uh, Ray. I mean, because you're right. Does it? Yes, it does. I mean, we're not talking about age discrimination, but we're just talking about a communication. That, that's what, exactly. But but even even from a communication standpoint, uh, I think it's uh, I think it's misleading to say that an older coach can't communicate with a younger player. Uh, the assumption is that the coach is young; he can communicate better. He should. Uh, but I think that it it, it, it kind of Eliminate. I don't want to say eliminate, but it reduce. It may reduce the opportunities for the middle, you know, you know, mid age or uh, older coaches to to uh, communicate with the young men. I mean, hey, you got kids. I got kids. Uh, a lot of these coaches have to deal with young people, so uh, I don't automatically assume that because the guy is old, he can't communicate. But I do know that, and I do feel that there's that kind of thinking. Uh, in some of the leagues when they go to coaches' selection. Some of that's good, but it's like anything else. Uh, some of that, maybe the best people are not in coaching that would be, um, you know, if there was a little bit more flexibility in how coaches were selected. Hey, Ben, I, let me just throw this for, throw you for a loop there. I mean, just in our communication tools, I mean, there are some coaches that are more mature than perhaps maybe me and yourself uh, uh, who perhaps maybe would get a text on their phone and wouldn't know what to do. <laughs> that is true. And, 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 and Ray, we we had some people in our league that uh, you know they said, "Well, you mean to tell me I gotta I gotta learn how to uh, you know use this uh, computer here to to watch uh, uh, practice tape?" Well, yeah, we only do. Say you're a VHS, and I know some coaches are still on VHS, but <laughs> you gotta. We all have to grow. So you're right. Some guys resist technology, but uh, but but you're Ray. That's in, that's in a lot of industries. Uh, people are uh, middle-aged and older. Uh, if you're going to be relevant, you have to keep up with the technology, no matter whether you're in football or out of it. And uh, speaking of technology, in, in your game, today's age, you know, the game of which you're, you're, you're putting a lead together to launch in 2010, am I right? That's correct. Uh, give me some idea in terms of uh, how technology has influenced or has not influenced your decisions about your game and, and how people view your game and, 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 and how you share information with your game. Are you guys Twittering? Are you, are you doing any YouTube or MySpace? How are you using technology to communicate with, with your fan base? You bet. Well, we, uh, we, you know, uh, certainly our, our website, we, uh, you know, uh, it's a way for us to have people sign up for uh, a mailing list to, to receive a, a tick, uh, our advanced tickets. Uh, I know our CEO, Marvin Tomlin, just, uh, I think maybe a couple of weeks ago, set up a Twitter account because, uh, as you know, Ray, we're going to be uh, hosting uh, four mini camps uh, this year. Um, I mean, this year, the first one will be, uh, you know, August 15th in, uh, right outside of Daytona Beach, Florida. Why, why so, don't you talk a little bit about that, Ben? Now, you say you're going to host mini camps. Yes. Uh, what should one expect about the mini camps? And also, uh, don't forget to tell us what that website is. Oh, you bet. Well, we're, we're really excited, Ray, about our uh, mini camps that are coming up. And, and as you know, maybe some of the you know fans are sure uh, that are listening are aware. Most of the players are evaluated at what's called combines, which essentially are you know um, events that capture measurables on football players: forty times bench press, shuttles, that sort of thing. There is definitely a place for the capturing of, of measurables and making sure that a guy has the basic, 
you know, athleticism to play the game. But what we feel is missing, Ray, is the the, the football element of the sport. Uh, it's nice that a guy can run, you know, four two or four three forty, but what's his technique if he's a DB? Can he open up his hip? What's his recovery time? There are certain guys that are just, you know, not very good on forty. But on the field, no one runs them down. So we just feel there's some elements of the game that are being missed in some of these other evaluation tools. So what we did is, because we're a developmental league and maybe we could take on, you know, we could take a few more risks and look a little differently at player development and evaluation, we decided to do more of what they do at the senior ball, which is, in addition to the measurables, we're going to have a mini camp where the guys are going to get a chance to engage in some uh, limited live action. So uh, we're asking them to bring their helmets and their shoulder pads. Uh, there'll be no contact below the waist. But you're going to see guys in the trenches going one-on-one. You're going to see uh, receivers and DBs go up against each other. We'll have some seven-on-seven, maybe some red zone drills. A lot of the things that back in the day were part of how you evaluated a football player, as you know, we're, we'd like to think we're bringing back uh, some of those, some of those uh, uh, tried and, and true ways of looking at a player, other than just measurable. So, uh, I think the guys that are that that will be attending our camp. And by the way, it is open uh, to uh, players that feel they have the ability to play at this level and would like to take a look. Uh, as long as they're less than five years eligibility removed from college, uh, playing eligibility that is, they can certainly uh, attend our mini camp. But we're excited about it, and uh, Florida on August 15th will be the first one. Wow, Ben. So you said that's going to be the first one, and you said there's going to be a number of those. Am I right? Yeah, we're planning on four of them. Um, we just actually, yesterday, we just announced, in addition to the one in Florida, uh, we just announced the three other regions that we're going to uh, have our mini camps. So we'll have one in Virginia. Uh, we'll have one in Maryland. And uh, we'll, probably the last one will be in Texas. Um, but uh, we're just nailing down the locations uh, and then once we do that, we'll be able to announce the specific dates. But uh, the format will be very similar to what we're doing in Florida, um, uh, in Daytona Beach on, on August the 14th. So I think when people go to our website, they'll be able to see we are uh, taking registrations for our Florida mini camp right now. And then the other three, Virginia, Maryland, and Texas, will, uh, will be announced uh, uh, shortly. And that website again? Oh, yes. It's www.ung, as in good league.com that's ung league.com and you of course the league is going to be open this this uh, i'm sorry this this mini camp will be open for all positions yeah it'll be open for all all positions and actually those uh those players that would like to attend uh we actually have a, uh, a pre-registration discount where they'll be able to attend and participate in the full mini camp for only $65 so it's a about a $45 discount uh, but we want to make sure that we get the word out, and uh, certainly uh, we're going to be using these four mini camps to kind of get a, a first-hand look at some of the gentlemen that would like to be included in our draft uh, free agent pool uh, at the uh, at the end of the year when we start selecting players for our teams. Okay, uh, ben, so we should have a lot of fun with it. Okay, listen, hold on, man. We're going to finish this show talking about what you're doing at UNGL. 
I believe you said those camps are going to get back to the basic fundamentals. Listen, I got to do the basic thing and take a commercial break. I'm bringing that Midwest swagger heat out of Canton, Ohio. Listen to it now. Mega Beats International. We're going to take a break from Real Sports on the Voice America Network. We'll be right back after this break. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need a bitch's ass and then move on. I just, I just think that the coach made a mistake. Oh, crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. We some hard hitters. We some hard hitters. Hard Hitting Radio is a new kind of sports and entertainment show. Your hosts are NFL veterans Mark McMillan and co-host Byron Evans. It's an hour of hater-free radio every week. You'll hear interviews with top athletes, celebrities, coaches, and fans. It's humor, hits, and conversation. Hard Hitting Radio is on with McMillan and Evans. Listen Fridays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Network. Hey, football fans, are you ready for an intelligent discussion about the Buffalo Bills and the National Football League? Are you tired of listening to talk show hosts that have never played football? Instead of answering your questions, they prefer to listen to themselves. And when they don't like what you're saying, they just cut you off. Well, that won't happen on the Jeff Nixon Sports Report. Keep it clean, stay relatively calm and rational, and the discussion will flow well. Join Jeff Nixon Monday afternoons at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Sports Network. Joe Cribbs, No Average Joe, is here for you, the fan, to hear about and discuss the week's top stories in the world of sports. We'll discuss not only the headliners, but you'll hear some of the smaller stories that don't usually make it on the sports wires today. It's a forum for the sports fan, hosted by Joe Cribbs, a three-time pro bowler with the Buffalo Bills. Joe is a 10-year pro football veteran, a former Southeastern Conference most valuable player, and a member of the Alabama Sports Hall of Fame. Discuss the topics with Joe Cribbs, No Average Joe, Mondays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Network. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neill. He's a tough shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. Okay, we're back. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. And again, my guest today has been with me for the show, uh, the majority of the show. Ben Eisen is the founder and uh, president of United Gridiron League and We've just been talking a bit about, you know, professional sports and 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 becoming a paid professional and and against all odds, starting a league of which is uh, certainly uh, needed uh, by the National Football League. And um, and Ben has been so gracious to share the information with us. And just before we went to that last break there, Ben, um, you, you started to say a couple things to us about those people who, of course, 
uh, were eligible to, um, you know, to participate in the league. And we want to be sure that uh, those who are interested that they go to the website where the information will be at. And that website, again, is uh, what, Ben? It's www.unglleague.com. That's uh, unglleague.com. And if they click on the link for Player Central, uh, they'll be get, be able to get all the information on uh, uh, the Florida mini camp as well as uh, the upcoming camps. Okay, Ben, hold on a second. We got another call on the line. Jared is with us, and I believe Jared is out of Philadelphia. Jared, are you there? Yeah, hey, how you doing? Hey, I'm doing good. How you doing there, Jared? I'm doing all right. Sorry, I uh, hope I'm glad I was able to catch the, uh, you know, the last part of it. Well, that's, that's, that's quite all right. Uh, Jared, I, I wanted you to introduce yourself uh, to our listening audience out there and tell them a little bit about what you do. But I know you do some things with, with some athletes and, uh, of course, uh, our good friend Ben Eisen, who is the president of uh, UNGL, United Gridiron League, a new league that is going to start in 2010 uh, might have some information for you for some of the people that are in your portfolio. So, so Jared, tell our listeners a little bit about what you do and who you represent. Absolutely. Um, I, I own a company called The 400. Um, what it is, it's a company we started last year that we're really excited about, um, and it's completely dedicated uh, to athletes. And, and what we are is we're a wealth management company, um, and what we try to create is you know, athletes, in our view, um, have won the lottery. And it's unfortunate that a lot of, you know, things don't really uh, pan out that way or uh, the retirement doesn't be, is not as, you know, as wonderful as, uh, you know, they, the players think that it's going to be when they're playing. So what we try to create is we want to kind of create a board of directors, kind of treat them like a, a company. And uh, we try to, uh, you know, you know, surround themselves, surround them with, uh, you know, the world's top experts, professionals that they need to really, you know, uh, create and, and retain, you know, their, their wealth for the future. Um, you know, because, uh, you know, with athletes, you know, you have a, a finite, you know, shelf life of their career, and, um, you know, there's, there's a long life after the sport, um, especially uh, at 30, mid 30. So what we want to create is, uh, you know, to make them, um, you know, something that, uh, you know, they can really, uh, you know, after retirement really can kind of, you know, build and continue to do other business that they're interested in. Hey, and Ben, if I'm not mistaken, Ben, you talked about having some influence in the players' lives uh, other than just what happens, uh, of course, on on the football field. And uh, there is uh, an expectancy in terms of the maximum amount of time that a person can play in your league. So it, are you trying to also prepare them with, and I don't, I'm not sure what the, what the amount of money they can make, in your league will be, but are you also trying to help them prepare themselves for the transition and how they handle their finances, not necessarily tell them, but at least introduce them to uh, perhaps maybe some firms or, or just uh, life's experiences? Yeah, that's exactly what we're trying to do. There's professionals, you know, like Jared, that are out um, in the field that, um, you know, would be able to, um, you know, be guest speakers, be mentors. Um, we, uh, we will even be connecting with folks that would like to even conduct some of the seminars for the players. And what we did, uh, Ray, is, is similar to what the NFL does with, with their, I think they call it the Rookie Symposium. I don't know whether it's the NFL or the NBA, I forgot which. But they, you know, when you're coming in as a rookie, you know, you got to know what to expect. And, and, and finances is huge. I mean, that's a big piece of it. And uh, yeah, as the gentleman said, 
the last thing we want is a, a guy to do well for two, three, or four years and earn earn a, a fair amount of money, and then you know, but not be able to leverage that throughout mm-hmm. the rest of his life. So we're, even though they're only going to be with, our guys are only going to be in our league at the most two years, maybe a couple positions, three. So we're, we care about developing the whole person, and part of that is certainly uh, finances. It will also be uh, issues around family. We're going to be talking about issues around family, too, because mm-hmm. that's a big piece that can really detract uh, from your uh, uh, success on the field and otherwise. So uh, we know there's resources around the country that will be interested in our athletes. Not all of them will, will have a pro career. Uh, but if they're going to be with us, we're going to expose them to how to be a professional and how to handle life after football. Hey, Jared, over there on, on your side and, and, and dealing with some athletes, uh, you know, not all athletes become the Michael Jordan, LeBron James, and Kobe Bryant, and we know that, and the greater percentage of them don't reach that celebrity status, of the, I should say that iconic status. So, uh, you know, the average person, you know, making the average amount of salary, whatever it is in the league today, um, you know, do you represent those players, or are you just going after the iconic type of players? Um, actually, you know, we're 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 in it for you know quality over quantity. I mean, it, we have no uh, profile uh, or type of um, you know player, or it doesn't have to be iconic or the best. You know, next uh, you know uh, Jerry Rice or whatever the case may be. You know, what we want to do is is educate our clients and make them, you know, and just because the nation as a whole is financially literate. So we're trying to, you know, educate them and understand, help them understand why they have the opportunity of a lifetime um, to really, you know, become, you know, hopefully closer to that iconic stage. Um, because, you know, you, you know, you really just, and, and the different reason why they don't, we feel like, is that the, you know, that there are too many advisors or people in their lives that don't talk to each other. No one's working together for the, for the client themselves. Um, and, and we're, you know, we want to, you know, kind of close those gaps so that we, like the board of directors, and treat them like, you know, if we were their board of directors for a Fortune 500 company, they would be like the product in essence. And we really want to expand and, and, and you know, really uh, try to you know, globalize, uh, you know, their brand as much as possible to the, you know, to the very end. And, you know, and, um, and it's unfortunate, like agents, and I'm not saying, you know, there are some agents that you know, really take a, uh, outside the box and take a, a more personal approach to their players, but... You know, a lot of them are just concerned for, you know, two contract negotiations. And for us, we are actually interested in the longevity of the client and creating wealth because, you know, if they, if we do a good job, then they'll be a client for our lives as well. We could be the advisor for theirs. You know, we're, we're, we're in this for the long haul. Well, I, I don't know if you two gentlemen have, have met each other, but certainly, uh, Jared, uh, you have a website. Uh, what website can people go to to find out about your company? Uh, it's the 400 ptm.com um, it's uh, you know 400 uh, ptm peter taylor mary.com um, the 400 ptm.com and uh, kind of gives you a brief uh, kind of all our services and and not just our services but that we try to go outside and well beyond the typical role of someone who you know, would categorize us as a financial advisor or whatever you want to call us and we try to go that next step and utilize our networks you know to really create more opportunities and Okay, well, listen, guys, I'm sorry. We got music, and whenever we get music, that means that the talking has to stop, and I got to stop. I don't want to do it, but I got to do it. I'd like to thank my special guest today. Of course, Jerry called in at the end of the show, and Ben Eisen's been with us. It's been a great show, as always. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm bringing that Midwest swagger. Yeah, that heat's coming out of Canton, Ohio, with Mega 
Beats International. I got to say it, guys. They know what I say back there in Canton, Ohio. I'll see you next time, which will be the best time. <laughs>